To create your episode, image, rec Google Chrome, one running window is requesting attention, create new episode anchor, capture audio right from your browser, button. thing recording already oh brother we might have blown another location well anyway it's mw here and uh at the new secret top secret lab how to keep moving around to stay ahead of the enemies but uh i think we're in a pretty good spot right now it, it is uh rather relaxing and um i get all my news sent to me from keystake who's uh diligently guarding the boat keeping all my my whole uh, D and D collection safe while I'm I'm avoiding my uh, the various death threats and and people who want to kill me. So, but I'm here in the lab and I, I was checking out uh, the feedback I've been getting on the show over the last couple months, and uh, it's time to do it. It's time to pull the button, and this is simply put the emergency podcasting system. Lots of calls from Jason. I got a few other calls mixed, sprinkled in from some other uh, famous people. So I hope you enjoy the show. Jason here calling I, I stopped the show when you did your break after your walk and just want to comment on a couple things I'm glad you got out to Dave Khan I as you know couldn't make it I had to cancel due to real life things I do have my hotel reserve for GrogCon though I've got ticket for my son for GrogCon and thanks to my Patreon membership with Grog Talk, they're going to provide me a ticket for GrogCon themselves so I'm looking forward to getting down to GrogCon. As far as the house repair, yeah, we've got a ton of stuff we need to do at our place, too. And it, it's just, it's a hassle. You, you know, and you just have to roll your sleeves up and do it. And when you're working, and I, I probably need to take some vacation time just to get the stuff around the house done. Because trying to do it around work is, is you know, in a family is just hard to do. So I, I definitely can appreciate the struggle. I hope to be able to get back into your game at some point. I don't know. Hopefully my schedule will allow me to. Right now we've got, you know, some modernization, some equipment upgrades at work, and there's training that goes along with that and a bunch of other stuff. So, And it's summer, so everybody's got vacation. We're understaffed, so I'm having to cover other people's shifts and things. So right now it's really hectic. But hopefully when things slow down in the fall, 
I, I know that sounds like a long time away, but ho hopefully here in a couple months, maybe a month and a half or so, I'll, I'll be able to rejoin the game. I, I really hope to. Um, but you asked an important question. When you can't play games, what do you do to stay involved in the hobby? I'd like to offer an answer. So what I do is podcast. <laughs> I'm calling you from my car as I drive to work. I'm not riding the motorcycle today. The weather's getting where I can ride the bike again. So I need to start riding the motorcycle to work to save a little bit of gas and save wear and tear. My new car, I've had it, what, maybe a little bit over a month. I've already got 5,300 miles on it. Um, yeah, it's 60 mile round trip really takes toll. Or I mean, a 120 mile round trip, 60 miles each way, really takes toll. So I need to start riding the bike again, which will be fun. But since I don't have, you know, Bluetooth set up in the helmet, I can't listen to podcasts or call into podcasts when I ride the bike. And, and I don't really like to. I like to have, when I'm riding the motorcycle, just be, you, you know, that experience. I like to just enjoy the motorcycle. Plus, you know, it's important to pay attention for all the knuckleheads on the road. Anyhow, so what do I do when I can't play? Well, right now, because like I say, with a car and all, I can drive, so I can podcast in the car. And the nice thing about the Sentra, you know, I, I miss my van. I really liked my van, but the Sentra is quieter, so it's easier to podcast from the car, so that's nice. And I've switched over fully to using the Mac, uh, MacBook, instead of using the Windows computer. So it's so much faster to put my podcast together and do it on the on the Apple because the Apple's just such a better mach machine and, and it runs so much faster and so much better. So that, that it's not as, as much a hassle to get the podcast out and edit them to get them out. So that's good. But so, so I do podcasts and, and call into podcasts, but that only handles some of it. What do I do like during the day when I'm itching or at night? Well, I get on discord. And I look at forums. I need to get back and look at dragon's foot some more. I haven't really been on there. I've been, more active on like the RP, RPG pub forum, which is more of a generalized RPG forum, not a game specific. But I need to get back look at Drag, Dragonfoot. Dragon's Foot is definitely the premier 1E place as far as old style forums go. Discord, I, I stay semi involved in Discord, but even that stuff isn't, I haven't been as engaged, just been busy, you know. But yeah, calling into shows, podcast myself, forums and discord or how I stay engaged in the hobby um, and and of course recklessly buying things that I'm never going to play is also a big part of how I stay engaged I, I buy things and then they pile up and that's part of the problem of the house is I've got to <laughs> get rid of a bunch of the stuff that I'm not using but anyhow oh I, I want to mention play by post really quick I'm very happy I'm assuming you got into Dave's play by post game on the Grognar Discord. Wow, it's a lot of fog out here. I hope I don't hit a deer. That would be bad. Um, anyhow, the although if I hit a deer, I'd get off work a little bit, so then I'd have time to game. No, never mind. Bad trade-off. Anyway, the Dave does a great job. It's a, that's an interesting play-by-post because it's really, you know, it it's goes it goes in spurts and go and starts and the speed of that is really interesting. It's not a traditional play-by-post like post once every two days or something it's you know people get online and there'll be a whole bunch of messages all at once and then there'll be a few hours break and then a whole bunch of messages and then 12 hour break and then a whole bunch of messages so i i played in that game for a while and dave does a great job i just 
felt I couldn't keep up with it adequately, so I dropped out of that game, which is sad. Jason. Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Uh, you have a lot of calls on this show. You call in a lot to my show, which I really appreciate. So I, I, I think it's great. And so I'm going to get these first seven out of the way. Uh, it was one really long message, but with the way uh, Anchor is, it was seven little segments. Uh, and uh, since you've you called in, this was way back in June, uh, I, I have come to the understanding that something's come up in your life. This busyness, this stuff that takes us away from the game, it's still a problem. It's plaguing, plaguing our, our industry of RPG players. And I understand that you are tragically not going to be able to make it to the GrogCon now. And I'm very saddened by that. I was really looking forward to meeting you and your son was going to go and it was going to be great. And now it's not. But uh, I will try to manage to have fun anyway, and we had some fun last week. You had me uh, graciously invited me to be on your podcast to discuss the movies from 1982. You released that episode over the weekend. Uh, it is Monday, by the way, for my listeners. My listeners, it's Monday, uh, August uh, 29th, I believe it's today. Yeah, the 29th. And uh, Jason was able to get that uh, podcast out about the 1982 movie just a few days ago. It's a great episode for, because of Jason, not because of me. Now, I often act like I'm like a big shot and all, but that's all an act. The reality is it was a, it was a good episode that Jason put together, and I was just happy to be part of it. Um, you know, uh, finding the time, uh, what to do, basically, when you can't find the time to game is a problem. And sounds like you have, like me, things to do in the house. And you've also had other issues, family issues to deal with, with health and everything, too. But really serious stuff. And gaming is not, you know, uh, always going to be the priority. So I'm glad to hear you You use the podcasting uh, in lieu of of the gaming, and I'm probably more likely to just to drop the podcasting just to keep some of my games going. Uh, regarding the play by post on the Grog Talk Discord, I guess you say David runs it. I wasn't really sure who actually ran that one, uh, but one of my call ins is in that game too. At the very last call in of this episode is Rob Ritchie, and he is in that game also. And I'm having a lot of fun. With that game, Menyon is in it also from the uh, uh, We Timorous Bushy podcast. Um, and uh, it's a very fun game. And you're right. It's really not a traditional play-by-post. We, we tend not to – not a lot of action happens. And then all of a sudden we're all on at once doing it and rolling die there and everything. And then, and then it'll go dormant for a few days. So it's like a flurry of action, then nothing, then a flurry of action. And I'm having fun. I played this cleric named Pygel and uh, uh, he's, uh, I tried to play him a little differently than other people play clerics. Now he's, he's almost like a pal paladin in a way, as far as his morals and his sort of, he feels he's much more moral than the rest of the party. And I try to use different spells. I try not to be just the healer. And he worships a Greyhawk de deity, um, Hy Hyronius. So he, it's sort of like a battle de deity. So he's a little, you know, I mean, he really likes his companions, though. And I think they do appreciate him. But I, I tried not to be like the typical, like, just go along with everything kind of cleric, you know, because that, you know, that's just a trope, really. So I think, you know, you got to, and this is my whole philosophy of, players need to step up once in a while and try to be interesting so there was a lot in your calls jason i really appreciate them all and um 
you know, I'm going to be writing this letter to AOC. I'm, I've already started draft, drafting it to have her advocate for the RPG community so that we can get subsidies so we don't have to work, so we can play RPGs. And it really would be great for the economy because we could then take the subsidies and turn around and buy more RPG materials. And... Um, and a lot of which are produced in the United States, which would be, would be great. So, and then you know, members of Congress could just invest in all the RPG companies right after they or right before they pass the law to give us subsidies. So, I think it's a win-win really for everybody. So, we'll we'll be working on that, and I expect, I really do expect your signature on that letter. You know, Jason, that whole idea that you you posited uh, of hitting a deer so that you could, you know, uh, get some more time to play RPGs. Uh, you know, uh, that that sounds familiar. Is that was that a was that a George, a George plan to get out of work with the Yankees or something? I think I've heard of that before. Uh, and if not, you ought to roll with that and and see how that works out. Let let us know. Let the community know if you if you attempt that, and then maybe uh, we we could uh, maybe that would resolve the problem uh, of sending the letter to AOC. So I'd be interested to hear that work how that works out. Hi, MW. It's Vic with Dave Khan. Thanks for coming out. I hope you had a good time, and I hope to see you again out here in Minnesota. Um, I don't know everything you got out here, but you were one lucky SOB when you got the uh, hat from uh, David Wesley. I've never seen him uh, hand those out before. So um, have a good day, and uh, uh, talk to you later. Wow, what an honor to get a, a call in from the Scourge of the North, Mr. Vic Dorso, the Grand Master of Ceremonies. Now, that might not sound too good if I say the Grand Master of Ceremonies. So the Master of Ceremonies. Let's just call him the Master of Ceremonies, though his event was quite grand. That Dave Con back in Minnesota, back in April. I just finished part two of my review a couple weeks ago, but Vic called in right away after the the first part of my review way back in June, and it was an honor for him to call. And I guess, you know, I've been called many things in my life, and I guess I'm really lucky, and I am a SOB, so I'm a lucky SOB. I've been called both in my life, but very rarely both at, at once. So that is really an honor. And uh, Vic happened to communicate with me just recently and kind of was tipping me off to some of the things that are upcoming uh, for the next DaveCon 2023, that will be the second annual DaveCon. And I have to say, I am really quite impressed with the show he's putting on. And I'm going to be going to my first Grog con in another month just one month from now and uh, those guys better watch it or else they're going to be surpassed by mr vic dorso the scourge of the north he will become a scourge to them if uh, they don't watch it because he's really going all out for dave con 2023 and i hope to be there i 90 percent will be there and if Jason's going to be there, that'll make it even better. So thanks for the call in, uh, Vic. Uh, you're welcome to call in any time. And I know two gnomes, and, and Vic and I did talk about this, but I know two gnomes that would like to see him sitting between them. So we might be putting that on soon. So thanks again for the call, Vic, and keep up the great work with uh, Dave Kahn. Hey, MW, good to hear the EBS again. 
and I hope you're doing well in that bunker somewhere in an undisclosed location and uh, keeping your head down or at least when you put your head up having a helmet on so uh, I would definitely love to compare notes with domain play I love your your ideas and your rebuttal again uh, to Jason about you know spending money I know uh, definitely in domain play like when you have castles and keeps and all that there is a lot of upkeep and maintenance costs that arise and that's how you kind of bleed characters of their money so then they have to get off that skull of thrones and go out adventuring again to maintain their their fortress their mountain of power their uh their keep on the borderlands or whatever so uh really cool stuff I'm glad to hear you back again like i said and uh right game on Wow, another great call-in from Carl Rodriguez, the geomologist, and I really appreciate the call-in. And uh, yes, I'm keeping my head down, and uh, right now we're in a little little more discreet location, a little more remote, so I'm out, able to get out and relax a little bit and enjoy the monkeys a bit. So um, I, I like where we're at now, but I think I, I blew it, so we might be on the move again. But uh, this thing about the domain play and all and, and keeping the players hungry, you know, it's unrealistic, actually, to think that you're going to reach a certain level of a, a game and you're just going to sit on your high horse or your high throne and that's now what the game's going to become. And uh, let's let's just forget the fact that uh, even if you go all the way back to the Roman Empire, the empire was constantly in need of wealth, and the rulers needed wealth. Uh, they had to pay off their armies every year with huge donatives, and if they didn't have it, they would be overthrown. So the quest for wealth is, is a never-ending. Now, let's face it, in reality, there were a lot of emperors that didn't have to go off and go adventuring, but we're not playing a game called Roman Empire. We're playing RPG games of various types, and in D&D specifically, I, as the DM, DM am not going to run a game where I'm just role-playing out a bunch of your supplicants who come into your throne room and kiss your butt. No, I'm going to make sure you need money and you're going to need to get out and do something about it. Or, or alternatively, the uh, your original character who now sits on the throne is kind of put on the shelf and we're playing uh, you're making new characters who are his servants and they're the ones going off and adventuring because what kind of game are we talking about if it's just you sitting in a castle or we're just running great battles every once in a while so you know there there's lots of ways and I, I don't think a lot of players really want to do that anyway so you got to keep them hungry got to keep the players hungry look I'm in games right now I have first level characters wanting to buy manor houses and stuff as soon as they get the opportunity and like their first level and uh you know i love it i love it and i let them spend a lot of money to try to do this stuff and then ultimately it usually falls through for one reason or another and uh they're out all their money because that's even better because now they need to go out and uh adventure and earn their earn their place in the world and that's what the games are about we're playing adventure games so thanks a lot for the call in carl and if you want to have more discussion on this i'll i'll come on the show or you can come on my show we could discuss it so it's a fascinating topic so uh thanks man i'm listening to you talk about the cab and the uber and you, you know what i've never gotten an uber app and and i, I i'm like you I, I i resist uber and i've got to be honest even though it doesn't make any financial sense in the world i always rent a car it, i mean it, it I, I say always 
but almost always I rent a car if I go somewhere. I, I just need that independence to be able to get up and go if I want to and go run somewhere if I want to and not be dependent. And, and I know it doesn't, like I say, I know it doesn't make a lot of sense. I know it costs a lot of money, but as little as I travel, it's worth it. Even like if I go on a company trip with some other folks, I'll let them have the company car and I'll rent a car for myself separately. So I, I'm not tied into having to go, you know, to things with other people. I can do what I want when I'm on a trip. Okay, sidebar done. Let me go back to listen about Dave Kahn and you not having a Coke. I definitely think an unenveloping does count as an unboxing. Um, I, I mean, yeah, technically you could say it's an unenveloping, but, you know, it's the same difference. Um, I have to admit, I haven't done a lot of, I, I felt I was overwhelming people with unboxings. I, you're doing, your, your frequency is fine. I, I think the, the way you do unboxings is great. Keep doing it. I, I felt I was doing too many, and that's why I haven't really done any unboxings lately, which is kind of a shame because you never got unboxings of all the leading edge game stuff, you know, Phoenix Command, all that, the Millenniums and stuff. I recently rebought all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff from Palladium, a bunch of Palladium stuff, and I haven't unboxed any. Or I, haven't, I didn't record the unboxings for any of that, but, you know, I didn't want to overwhelm the listeners. But you, the frequency you're doing, it's good, and your un- enveloping was excellent, so keep up the great work. Anyhow, last call. Interestingly enough, I, I haven't been collecting AD&D stuff very much. I picked up a couple things, but for the most part, I haven't. I did, back in the early 2000s, pick up a copy of all the core books for my son when, when he was getting to role-playing. I bought him all the Beck Me, all the B, I bought him B and, you know, BX. I, I didn't buy Holmes, I don't think. I, I bought all the AD&D first edition stuff for him, the, the core books. Um, just recently... Drive through RPG offers print on demand. I think it's B1 through B9, and they put them all together in one booklet. And I picked that up, and I picked up some other things that they had on print on demand because they had a sale. Um, so I've got those, but I'm probably not going to worry about collecting actual original TSR stuff because I'm just collecting other like oddball stuff. But I don't know. I probably need to sell it all so when I'm gone, somebody else doesn't have to worry about it. Hey, Jason, I'm not sure if these three calls all came in at one time or after one particular episode, but let me go through them real fast. Yeah, um, sometimes running that car actually is cheaper. Um, And especially before the pandemic, I I don't know about now because it seems like rental car prices are starting to inch up. I, I mean, I know during the pandemic, it was definitely cheaper. My son went on a huge trip out west and they flew somewhere and then they rented a car for two weeks and they paid 700 bucks for the car unlimited miles for two weeks but that was in 2020 2020 because he 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 and some of his friends were uh rebelling against the lockdowns and they had graduated from university that year and it was a sucky year to graduate no ceremony so they decided to do their trip anyway and make the most of it but they saved a lot of money on that rental car but sometimes if like I know if you go to certain cities like Vegas or something and you're not staying on the strip, you know, a, a, um, a cab or an Uber out to like the Red Rocks, for instance, could be 30 or 40 bucks each way, maybe 40 to 50. And that was before the pandemic. Now it's probably more. And I know you could rent a car there for uh, 60 bucks for three days or something like that. So it was pretty cheap. So and I'm cheap. 
So uh, I should probably use Uber. Uber might be cheaper than a cab most of the time, but I do have philosophical differences with it, like I said. But the more money I can save gets to your next thing, and that's uh, unenvelopings, unboxings, and purchases. And um, yeah, I hear you, man. Don't collect the D&D collectibles if you, if you don't want them. You should buy the stuff you want, and that sounds like you have a really nice collection of rpg games and i i know you you have way more than i have i'm just a DD nerd and that's about it um but with the unenveloping i am happy i pulled it off i was uh i wasn't sure about it when i started recording it i i thought i was taking a real creative risk with the unenveloping versus an unboxing but now that I know at least one person liked it, I, I might do another one. Actually, I'm going to be buying some things this fall, uh, kind of related to D&D, not necessarily collectible stuff. And I do plan to broadcast these. And there may be some more unenvelopings uh, during them. And, and maybe I should get an envelope opener or something to help help out with those. And uh, But yeah, keep collecting and... Uh, it don't sell it off before you you pass. It's you like it. It's your stuff. If your heirs need to get rid of it, and you're assuming they're just going to get rid of it, maybe they want it. But even if they do, then they get to, to make the money, and they can have the money. So why uh, sell it off if you enjoy having it? And another thing is, if it's a hassle for them to sell it off, what do you care? You'll be, well, you know, I don't want to say it. So anyway, thanks for the call-ins, Jason. I can't remember if I called welcoming you back to the States and telling you I enjoyed your triumphant return episode or not. I think I did. Maybe I didn't. It's all a blur. If I didn't, then great show. Enjoyed your talk about sports movies. I thought your pick of Bad News Bears was excellent on many, many levels. That is also the pick of the OSR crowd that called into my show, interestingly enough. As far as the gaming recap, as always, very entertaining. And now we just need to figure out when I can get back into your Friday night game. Hopefully. So, anyhow, welcome back to the scene. Glad you're back in the, in the greatest country in the world. And I'm glad you enjoyed your trip. Talk to you soon. Great hearing you back on the air. As far as morale and all that, I love using those kind of tables. But I'm a, I don't like running published adventures that much. They're they're a little bit constricting. Is although if you're willing to let the players just run off page, then that's fine. I I just find it easier to maybe take piece bits and pieces and then run my own thing. I like to, you know, we'll put a problem in front of the players and then just riff off of what they do as they as they go after it. Now, of course, you still have to do all the world building and you still have to have the things for them to interact with and the bad guys are still going to have plans and good, other good guys are going to have plans in the world that are going to move forward if the players don't mess with them. But I definitely like riffing off what the players do and I think morale tables play into that. You know, if, if a group of monsters runs away or decides to befriend the characters or, you, you know, parlay with them, that's okay. That doesn't break the game at all and it's interesting for the GM. I might have cut myself off there, but I was just saying it's interesting for the GM and, and keeps it fun. I, you know, that's part of the GM thing is not just I'm in control, but it's also riffing off the players and interacting with that. So I I find that to be – it's just like – I know some people, 
like to fudge the dice if a big bad gets one-shotted. But, you know, the players are smart and they're able to do it, and that's not going to happen in D&D as much as it is in some other systems, say Savage Worlds, or even like Rollmaster, where definitely anybody could get can be one-shotted pretty easily um, if you roll well enough. That's okay. I, I don't have a problem with that. You know what? Because there's always another big bad waiting in the wings. Hey, Jason, thanks for welcoming me back from uh, Europe. And I'm going to tell you what, going to Italy, it's just like being in one gigantic RPG game because just all that ancient world stuff there is just, uh, it's incredible. I, I, I want to go back. It's It's been almost two months now since my triumphant return. I got my triumph. You know, they did, the day I came back, they, they launched all the fireworks on July 4th. When I came back, we saw the fireworks from the plane of triumph. You know, that was our triumph. So, we we need i need to go back i need to go back i want to run a DD game in the middle of the coliseum like that that would be awesome i, I gotta figure out a way to set that up um i'm gonna write a letter about that but uh yeah um other things uh parlaying yeah fun i i had the group fun things can happen i was gonna say i hate when i cut myself off uh, fun things can happen with parlaying i even had the group just uh, on my last monday night AD&D session Real, almost, almost negotiating to let a doppelganger join the group because they didn't know what to do, and that I, I almost convinced them that uh, it was actually a half orc that was an enemy, and that the one on the ground was the doppelganger. And uh, now there was a little meta gaming going on, players making statements like, "No, no, because if we let it in our group, they're going to want to get in the back, and they're going to want to kill one of us." And you know, that's coming straight out of something that happens in a few of the D&D modules and, and the way a lot of DMs would run it. But uh, I, I don't get too upset when they metagame like that. You know, when you're playing with experienced players, they're just going to they're gonna metagame. It was a good session, and parlaying is, is definitely a fun aspect of the game, um, especially when uh, I don't have to roll the reaction rolls and I'm, I'm begging the party, like the monsters parlaying with them and and I can see them struggling with their reaction uh, when really the right thing to do is just to kill it. And uh, so it's fun. So I hope they don't hear that. So uh, and then the trusting the dice. Yeah, none none of my big bads ever get one shot. It I'll, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but yeah, you gotta trust the dice. I agree with you. So uh, good call-ins. Thanks. Oh, I forgot you gave me props for the sports uh, show and. Uh, it was a little, of a, a little bit of a cop-out upon my return from Italy to talk about that, but it really was heartfelt because I really enjoyed your episode on the contest winners for the sports movies, and a bunch of people did. You are right. A bunch of people mentioned the Bad News Bears from 1976 as one of their favorite sports movies, and it is. It's a great sports movie, so I'm not going to beat a dead horse here uh, on it, but thanks for uh, acknowledging the hard work I did to put together that sports uh, episode that I did. It went for about uh, 15 minutes or eight minutes or so. It was pretty long. And uh, I'm glad at least one person enjoyed it. So thanks, Jason. AMW Jason here. I'm glad you put that ending on about telepathy and telekinesis because I was going to mention that in my call. I do miss the Friday night game. I, Who knows, maybe after GrogCon when my schedule slows down and normalizes, I'll be able to start regularly gaming again. Uh, that would be nice. I, I do miss AD&D. As far as, what else was I going to say? That was the big thing. 
I, oh, I, I do look forward to, to your feeling after a couple weeks of Better Call Saul and, and how you felt it that it was overall as a series. I am curious about that. And one of these days, you know, we're going to have to get together and talk about Twin Peaks and David Lynch because it's a big subject. Hey, Jason here. Really enjoyed the other, I'm sorry, the mid-August rhythms. And I'm looking forward to your special guest. Who could it be? That's going to be great. Can't wait to hear that episode. I can't wait to record about the movies of 1982 here in, well, tomorrow morning as I send you this call. So good stuff. And I can't wait to also be going to GrogCon and hopefully be in some games with you. So that's cool, too. Great, great stuff. And with that, I will bid you adieu. Hey, Jason, I combined your last two calls uh, from two different episodes of my uh, podcast into one, and I'll respond to them both at once. Uh, yeah, uh, you've, you've mentioned a few times you want to get back into the Friday night game, and we want you back. We want you back. So you're still in there on the Skype. I think we even ring you up sometimes when we're starting the Skype, kind of like uh, flashing the light across uh, Egg Harbor to see if, if the Great Gatsby will return. So... Uh, so maybe uh, you'll make it in. I know you got a lot going on there, so no pressure, no pressure. The game's going on strong. Um, lots of funny things happen in that game, and I'll I'll be doing some session updates on it uh, to keep you abreast. And you can come in. We've already talked about it. And then since uh, these the the last call that I aired of yours, we did record that episode on movies, and I think it was a lot of fun. And I I hope people think it, it's interesting and i already talked about it earlier in this show and you have aired it already so uh you mentioned the david lynch and we should do that and even invite a special guest star my son who's a huge uh not jazz reverb but the older son uh who saves money on car rentals uh and he is cheap uh he follows in the footsteps of his his old man he's he's even cheaper than the old man uh, quite frankly so uh it's a little disturbing really but he's very cheap so but but he does like david lynch and he did spend some money he splurged he splurged and he spent about 10 bucks to go to afi to see mulholland drive earlier this month in in august and uh he didn't invite the old man though that was a little little source of frustration on my part because well anyway so uh he said he wanted to do it alone that's what he said and i said hey i respect that uh, i certainly go to afi alone i just went this past weekend i just went to afi on saturday alone and i saw tron so uh yeah so he takes after the old man he likes to sneak out and catch those flicks on his own but he loves david lynch and he would uh he would even be better to be on the podcast than uh me but I like David Lynch too. So let's get it going, man. And uh, anytime, anytime after GrogCon, anytime you want, come on into the Friday night Greyhawk game. Hey, hearing you comment on the mistake, the very obvious mistake in the passage of the book I read, uh, telekinesis versus uh, telepathy. I'm really glad I did put that correction on the podcast because I knew, I knew an expert crowd uh, that listens to my podcast would pick up on that error right away. And it's funny, I picked up on it too. When I listened to the show I'll, before I published it, I said, wow, what a, what a 
what a big uh, mistake there. Uh, what a blunder. That's what I want to say. What a blunder. And uh, I found it before when I was reading. I, I, I used the words once or one or two other times in the book. I don't I don't harp on that concept. You know, you introduce it once and you and you roll with it. But uh, just when you're typing along, I'd be sitting out on my deck after work, writing it, drinking beer and stuff. And you start writing T-E-L-E and then bang, you, you're pounding out the wrong word. So that's just how those things go. That's why you need good editors in the world. So uh, thanks, Jason. I liked your review of BCS. I agree about 95%. Two, between the gnomes, very funny. Three, great sound effects. I think that BCS was a love story, and that Kim and Jimmy reconciled at the end makes it satisfying. Much of the show was about Jimmy and Kim seeking justice, even when they were doing their low barroom cons, they picked in assholes who needed a little comeuppance, dispensing justice, via the law, or through the extrajudicial means that the two of them used, was a huge part of the show. Kim realized that it was heady stuff, too heady and corrupting, which is why she left the law and Jimmy. But it's also a love story, and we wanted them to reconcile. But for justice to prevail, Saul needed to go to jail. And, he did, after Saul had done everything he could to avoid it, Jimmy saved the day, and Kim responded to that with love. Sigh. Okay, that's my pocket review. I put it in my top two finales, only edged out by Justified. Of course, I haven't seen all of Breaking Bad, or any of The Sopranos. All right, that was a great written review by Rob Ritchie, who is the editor of Flipping and Turning, which is the fan magazine of the Grog Talk Nation. James, who graciously turned up and, and was in my first ever running of Between the Gnomes, and he was really a great sport, but it was all in good fun. And uh, Rob, Rich, and I have been collaborating over the past week or so with a new column that uh, will be appearing in Flipping and Turning, uh, written by uh, yours truly. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, I hope you don't think the column stinks when it, it finally comes out. But Rob uh, liked what I did on that last episode with Between the Ferns and uh, my review of Better Call Saul. And he offered his own review in writing on Discord. And I took the liberty of having my special assistant here read it for us. Uh, I think I think he needs a little work on his... You know, his he sounds real flat, I guess is what I'm saying. He's not not a showman by any means, but he's my intern, and I'm, I'm trying to raise him up to my level to eventually take over my show. But right now, he's got a little work to do, but he can read. I, I noticed he had trouble with words. Well, and, I, you know, who am I to critique? Because I can't say half the words I use anyway. But he had trouble with the word sigh at the end of Rob's uh, write-up or review and uh but had no trouble with the word asshole so i do wonder about this guy uh, well i'm gonna check with hr on him but rob i agree it was a love story at heart i don't think it it meant to be at first i think the producers discovered that the love story was really an important part of the show uh after maybe the first season 
Um, and I do feel the first season, I don't think they knew really where they were going to go with this show after the first season. And I think they really found their way and the love story became a big part of it. And as I mentioned, uh, I thought it was great. I thought the ending was great. I appreci- I knew people were going to rank it highly. I, I am refusing to rank it in my list of favorite uh, finales. And I already said, I, I mentioned a few finales that I liked better than it, but I know like you, there's going to be a lot of people ranking it up there. And, and I think there's a lot of people going to say it's their favorite finale. So, and it's well-deserved. So thanks again for the call in Rob. Please call in at any time or write in. You gave me the right in. And I'm looking forward to uh, issue nine of Flipping and Turning. And not just because my column will be appearing in it. Although, yeah, because my column is appearing in it. So uh, let's uh, keep playing our play-by-post game. And uh, thanks a lot.